0: Welcome to Death Becomes Her, the minicast where we spend 5 to 10 minutes discussing death, dying and grief from a variety of angles. I'm your host, Layla Kelly. Recent events have brought a terrible truth back to the forefront of our consciousness. Every day we live with the fact that children die. And when they do, we struggle with these deaths more than any other. In the book Spirit Engineer, A.J. West offers this sentiment. How does it feel to see a child die? One does not feel at all, for there is nothing in the mind to make sense of it. We see news reports of terrorism or accidents in our community that have caused the deaths of children, and we do struggle to make sense of it. And on occasion, the loss strikes closer and we are personally touched by the death of a child or a young person. Navigating grief. That's what we frequently call it, and it's an apt term. Grief is very difficult to reign, and the grief that comes with the loss of a child can be downright treacherous. We find it difficult to navigate our own grief, So how can we support parents who are enduring loss of this magnitude? We all want to say the right thing. There are so many right things to say, and there are also a few things we should likely avoid. So I have a few tips. Some of these may seem quite obvious, but when we are uncomfortable, we tend to say weird things. And before you know it, we have said something like, well... At least you could always have more children. I don't think I really need to explain what is wrong with that sentence. You can't just replace a child. They aren't light bulbs. They are individual, unique humans, and they are irreplaceable. Along the same lines would be a phrase like, at least you have other children. Think about this. You probably have a lot of friends. The number of friends you have does not matter when you lose one. Again, humans are unique and one cannot be substituted for another. So if what you are going to say begins with, at least, it might be best not to say it. Any attempt at finding a silver lining isn't really appropriate at this time. Maybe you want to comfort with a spiritual thought and you say something like, God needed another angel or they're in a better place now. I am not here to talk about religion or your personal spiritual beliefs, but I want to make note that a comment like this implies that God is cruel and would take children to be with him instead of their loving family. This idea could be quite offensive, and it could derail efforts to comfort and support. So it may be wise to avoid religious statements that point fingers in some way, especially when grief is acute. Or perhaps you want it to convey something about the magnitude of the suffering that is being experienced. And so you say something like, you're so strong. I just couldn't do it. This is what one grieving father told me. That's a cop out. He's right. People have managed the same horrifying scenario from the beginning of the human race. We could in fact do it. We just don't want to think about how much it would hurt if we had to do it. Let's move on to some practical things we can do. Some positive ways to show our love and support. First of all, just be there. You don't have to talk. Nothing you could possibly say is going to make this situation okay. It's not okay and nobody is expecting you to fix it. Just listen. Put your own awkwardness and discomfort aside and pull up a chair. The middle of the night can be an especially hard time for people because the distractions are gone, people have left, and now you're alone with your thoughts, your fears, and your guilt. Could you be a hearing ear even at inconvenient times? If so, let your friends know that you are literally available day or night. Maybe the idea of holding space for a parent's grief just feels beyond what you can offer. Then practical assistance may be for you. Just make yourself available. Does the lawn need to be mowed? Does the poop need to be scooped? Or the litter box changed? Does somebody need to do a grocery run? All of these things could be overwhelming in the midst of new grief, but you could handle them with minimal effort. So pitch in and get your hands a little dirty. This one is really important. Are there other children in the family? The parents will likely get a lot of attention, but what about the siblings? These children have just lost a playmate and companion, maybe even their roommate, and they could become overwhelmed by their feelings of loneliness. Can you think of activities that you could include them in? Maybe something small, just like baking a batch of cookies together or watching a favorite movie. One thing to keep in mind, they might feel insecure about leaving their home. So try and think of activities that could be done in their own home. A couple more thoughts before we wrap up. Grief is individual. It is personal. We may share grief, but we just don't have the capacity to experience someone else's grief. We all grieve differently, so we need to avoid the urge to impose timelines on others. I've had conversations with grieving mothers who have felt pressure to move on and return to a so-called normal life. One woman made this comment. At times, I'm disappointed in myself because it seems that I haven't met the expectations of some who think I should be over it by now. As time passes, the sharpness of grief will lessen, but it will never disappear. Parents will carry that grief with them until their own dying day. While your intentions are likely admirable, parents need to be allowed to grieve in their own way and on their own timetable. I have one last suggestion, and this came directly from a mother who lost her 10-year-old daughter. Just do something or say something. Don't pretend like nothing has happened. Something huge has happened, and it will be a part of this family from this point forward. If you are going to be a part of this family, you have to do something and you have to say something. You can't ignore it. Even if you say the absolute worst foot in your mouth, awkward thing, your friends will forgive you. They are still your friends. They're just hurting. They know exactly how poorly you can behave at times, but what they will remember the most is that you loved them and you supported them, even if you weren't always the most eloquent. Ultimately, all that matters is that you stood next to them. This is my plea. Support your friends. Even if it makes you sad and uncomfortable, push that aside and be there for your friends. They need you. Thank you for listening to The Death Becomes Her minicast. Connect with me, Lylella Kelly, at www.leavingwellmt.com. Special thanks to Roman B-Love for our intro and outro music. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise.